Amen. Please open your Bibles to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John. Our primary text this morning will be in chapter 15, verses 26 and 27. The title of the message this morning is, What More Testimony Do We Need? We have a testimony before us, but more importantly, and first and foremost, there's a trial going on. There is a trial that's been going on since the garden. Jesus Christ, though he was not Christ at that time, the Son of God on trial. He is on trial then and at present through a system called the world, whose God is Satan. Jesus is now on trial being accused of being a liar, of being false, a false Messiah, a false Christ, and certainly not God. This trial began in the garden when the accuser, that is, the one who stands with the plaintiff, said, has God really said? From that moment forward, he has put into the hearts and minds of his people, that is the world, that very question. That is the question that resonates in the hearts and minds of those who belong to Satan. Has God really said? Is that really who he said he was? Did he really actually do that? What evidence is there for that? In our passage this morning, the Lord assures his disciples and through osmosis, us, that their and our testimony regarding with him is in keeping with the Father and the Spirit. This trial going on in the world system accusing Jesus of being something that he is not only has one advocate. As I said, his name is Satan. There is only one accuser. There is only one testimony from the plaintiff. We, God's people, have more than one, don't we? We have the testimony of the Father, we have the testimony of the Spirit, and we have the testimony of those who walked with Jesus. Eyewitness testimony. Jesus is on trial today as he has been since the garden. So we're going to look at three different testimonies, and I said the testimony of the Father, the testimony of the Spirit, and the testimony of the disciples. And for the sake of time, I've pulled an audible this morning. <laughs> we are not going to get through this this morning. Uh, we'll get as far as we can and hopefully end on one of those points, and we'll come back to it next week. So this morning, let's open our Bibles, as I said, to verse, verses 26 and 27 of the 15th chapter of John. And for just context to really draw us in, to see what is actually going on, what this trial looks like. 
I want to read a little bit more above and below it to draw us into the context. So let's start in verse 18 and read together. Uh, All passages of the scriptures that I'll be reading today will be from the New American Standard Bible. Verse 18 of chapter 15 says this, If the world hates you, you know that it it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would not have sin. But now they have both seen and hated me and my father as well. But they have done this to fulfill the word that is written in their law. They have hated me without a cause. Verse 26, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father... That is the spirit of truth. He who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. And you will testify also, because you have been with me from the beginning. Verse chapter 16, these things I have spoken to you so that you may be kept from stumbling. They will make you outcasts from the synagogue But an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think that he is offering God service. These things they will do because they have not known the Father or me. But these things I have spoken to you so that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told you of them. These things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. And concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. See the trial? The testimony of the Father, the testimony of the Son, the testimony of the disciples, it's all on trial. The evil one, who is the God of this world, 
would have everyone who is not of the Son, who is not of the Father, who is not of the Spirit, believe that Jesus is not who he said he is. That Jesus is not who the Father said he is. That Jesus is not who the Son, he said, who, who the Son has said he is. Nor the Spirit. That's the testimony that's out there. So first, let's look at the testimony of the Father. Verse 26, the testimony of the Father is this. When, when the helper comes, that is the paraclete. We know that term as the helper. Well, in the beginning, it was really the one who had come, along some, come alongside somebody in a trial context. This would be the one who would be the advocate. This would be the one who would come in and would speak on behalf of the one on trial. That's why the scripture has given him the name Paraclete, the helper, the one who comes alongside. This is the one who is proceeding from the Father. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father. The Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. Both the Father and the Son send the Spirit. He is also known as what? The Spirit of truth. The Spirit of God and the Spirit of truth. That's right. And he says that he will send him to them. He will testify about me. Who does the Spirit testify about? Who does the Father testify about? Jesus. That's who the me is here. There's a lot of churches surrounding us that testify seemingly of the Spirit. I tell you, it's the little s in most contexts. Not capital S. The Spirit testifies of the Son. He has come into the world to testify of the Son. No one is saved by believing in the Spirit. Only in the Son. The Father has sent the Spirit to testify of the Son. He will not testify of Himself. He will not speak of His own, as we'll see here later. He will only speak that which He hears. And we will see the testimony of the Father testifies to the Son. So when the Spirit speaks, when the Spirit speaks to the disciples, He will speak of the Son. 1 John 5 by the way, if you're taking notes, you'll want to write these down because we're going to go through them fairly quickly. 1 John chapter 5, verse 9 through 12 says this of the testimony of the Father. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For the witness of God is this, that he has borne witness concerning his Son. The one who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. Why? Because that's who, that's who God testifies of. Those who are taught to know Jesus Christ are taught of God. God the Father has put that witness in those who believe in the Son. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar. Because he has not believed in the witness that God has borne concerning his Son. And the witness is this, that God has given us eternal life and life is in His Son. There's the gospel message right from the Father. 
That is the testimony of the Father. That is the witness that we have on this trial against the Son that God the Father has said there is no life outside of the Son. And if you say that there is a different kind of Son, maybe a created Son as the Mormons say, Maybe the Archangel Michael, as the Jehovah's Witnesses say, you've got the wrong Jesus. There is no life in him. The only one who has eternal life in him and who has given it to people is the one that the Father has testified about. And he's made it clear. Verse 12, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I said it before in one of our classes in Sunday school, Christians are the most intolerant people on the face of the planet because we say there is one way and only one way. Well, guess what? The Father says there is only one way. His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You can get the Spirit wrong. You can even get the Father wrong. But if you get the son wrong, you're dead and you will stay dead. You cannot get the son wrong. Because there is no life outside of the son. If you have life, you have the son. The true son of God. Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 through 17, the Father testifies again. And this is Jesus' baptism where the Father testifies of Him uh, openly proclaiming who He is. And He does it in this most amazing and very unique way. Matthew records this. He says, After being baptized, Jesus went up immediately from the water And behold, the heavens were opened. Well, that doesn't happen at a baptism. You're not going to see that on Sunday. This is something unique. This is something strange. This is something amazing that takes place at this baptism. John the Baptist never saw it again. After being baptized, Jesus went up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were open. And he saw, that is, John the Baptist saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove. So here we have the Son present. Here we have the Spirit present. Descending as a dove and coming upon him, that is Jesus. Verse 17, and behold, a voice came out of the heavens saying, this, this one right here, that you see the Spirit of God descending as a dove on top of this one that you see right here. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Luke 3.22 and Mark 1.11 are the other two gospel accounts of that baptism. The Father testified to His Son that day. So everything that came from that one that was baptized, where John the Baptist and everyone there saw the Spirit of God descending upon him, everything that would come from him that day forward is trustworthy. Trustworthy. Creator God, 
in the person of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit present in one spot. What an amazing event. Don't miss how great this is. The testimony of the Father and the Spirit at the same time upon this one who was about to begin his ministry. And everything that he was going to say would have the approval, the testimony of the Father, God, creator of everything. Anything that he said from that point forward, anything that he did, you could take it to the bank that it was true. Matthew 17, 5, the Father continues to testify. Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. That is while Jesus was still speaking. We know this as the Mount of Transfiguration where Peter, James, and John were invited once again to this special occasion, very special occasion. Don't, don't just gloss over this as something that you read in Sunday school. This is the most amazing thing where Jesus' deity is actually revealed to men on earth. His glory was shown clearly to these three men. Listen to the account. While he was still speaking, behold, a, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Once again, probably bright sunny day in the, in the land of Israel. All of a sudden, a cloud shows up. Well, that's weird. Beautiful sunny day, and we got this bright shiny cloud that shows up. And a voice out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Now get this, listen to him. Who heard it on that day? There's three people, except for Moses and Elijah who were already in heaven, right? There was three people that heard that account. Now that seems kind of private, like maybe the testimony of them, whatever, but there was three. It wasn't just one. It wasn't Joseph Smith sitting out in the middle of nowhere claiming, I heard from God. No, it was three people who were eyewitnesses once again of not only where the baptism took place and God confirming, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. These three got a special look into the deity of their Lord. The one who not only they would die for, but the one who would serve, they would serve the rest of their days. And God the Father says, this is him right here. <laughs> As if they would miss it, right? I mean, he's shining like the sun. This one is my son. Whatever testimony comes out from this point forward, if it comes from him, or if it comes from the ones approved by him, it's true. You can count on it. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. So important for the disciples at that, at that time that were listening, right? This was, this was the leaders of that group of 12. These were the ones who would be trudging forward through the, through the muck and the mire of persecution, knowing what they had seen. One of the most wonderful things that these three people see, uh, see at this time 
is even overshadowed again by the greater testimony which we have now, and I'll, I'll do a little progression of where we're going later. In Second Peter, Peter said, we, we stood there and we saw the majestic glory, but guess what we have is a more sure foundation, and he points to the word. Their very own eyes, their very own certainty, I saw the Son of God. But this is more sure. Mm. Right? No, you don't hold a book in your hand. You hold the very words of God. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. John, John chapter 5, verse 36 through 38, testimony of the Father. But the witness which I have is greater than that of John. This is Jesus speaking about John the Baptist. For the works which the Father has given me to accomplish. There you go. This is my Son in whom I've well pleased. The Father is the one who has given me these things to do. The one I raised from the dead, the Father gave me to do that. The hand withered, restored to completion. The Father gave me that to do. The absolute structural integrity that God designed within water, I turned that into wine. God gave me to do that. The works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I do, bear witness of me. There's your testimony once again. The Father's testimony of the Son through the works that He's given Him to do testify of who He is. And they're absolute. And they're absolutely true. You have neither heard His voice at any time, nor have you seen His form. And you do not have the word abiding in you, for you do not believe in Him whom He sent. It is about the Son. Even the Father says, uh-uh, don't look at me, look at Him. Right here. You want to know who I am? If I am the Father, look at Him. He has revealed the Father. John 12, 27 to 28, the Father continues. He says, my soul has become troubled. This is Jesus speaking. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify thy name. There came therefore a voice from heaven. Once again, God speaking from heaven testifying of the Son. He says this, I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again. And Jesus said to those who were listening, he's like, whoa, did it thunder? What was that? Jesus said, that, that voice didn't come from me. That came for you so that you would know who I am. That the Father approves of me. And lastly, Acts chapter 17, verses 30 to 32 says, therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, you got no more reason to not believe. Ignorance is not going to work anymore. This word is going out through all the earth. Ignorance don't work. That's why we send. That's why we go. Ignorance don't work anymore. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to all men everywhere that you should repent. Because, why? 
Why should you repent? Sin's not that bad. Not that big a deal. According to God, it is. Because He, the Father, has fixed the day which He will judge the world in righteousness through a man. Who is that man? That is His Son, Christ Jesus. He has fixed a day, ladies and gentlemen. Brothers and sisters, there is a day when the sinner who is next door to you, when the sinner who is on Montague Beach will not be able to come. There is a day that He has fixed that all those who hate Him because of the Son will be judged by the Son. That's why today is the day of salvation. Take repentance while it can still be found. He has fixed the day when he is a, he has fixed the day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by what? Raising him from the dead. There's the father's testimony. All that I have said about my son, everything that he has done, the works that I have given him to do, all that he has said, everything about him, I have proved it to be 100% authentic by the grave not keeping him. That's all the evidence that this is needed from the Father. That's, That's the only testimony that's really needed from the Father. The grave could not hold him. The result of sin is death. Right? Every man who dies will stay there until the final resurrection. But death could not hold him because it had no power over him. He did not die because of his sin. That's the point. He died because of my sin. Mm -hmm. He died because of your sin if you're in him. And his death that he died is good enough to pay the penalty for your sin if you're not in Him. Verse 14. Sorry, that's later. When they heard the resurrection of the dead, they began to sneer. <laughs> that's what the world does. <laughs> Whatever. I not believe that. Resurrection of the dead. Nobody comes back from the dead. Yes. All the witnesses that saw him raised from the dead, not only the disciples, hundreds of people at the same time, eyewitness testimony is certainly enough to convict. The Son is who he says he is. The testimony of the Father is simple. He would say something like this if we were to sum this up everything that I have said and done through my Son, Christ Jesus, is true. And the fact that death could not hold him, it's proof enough. It's proof enough. We'll stop there for this morning and continue next week in our study. Father God, thank you so much for your testimony of the Son. That it's true that we can count on it. You've given us all the evidence that we need. The primary evidence of yours that the Son is approved by you as the one you have appointed to judge the world and to save the world as that death could not hold him.
Father, these truths, this reality of who the Son is, may it resonate in your people's hearts today. And in those who may not be in you, may it burn through their soul unto belief. All to the Son's glory and God's people said, Amen.